Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal. That would make me terrible, Troy. And we're joined by Deborah Voorhees of Friday the 13th Part 5 and director of 13 Fanboys. Very cool to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So I think probably a lot of the audience is familiar with 13 Fanboy, but if they're not, can you give them an idea of what it's about? Yes, a, an obsessed fan uh, that stalks with the intention to kill uh, several members from Friday the 13th and the fabulous Dee Wallace from Halloween. Yes, and we she's great. She's watch great. to find out who lives and who dies. Exactly. <laughs> so when did the idea to, to make this come about? Um, well, I was chatting with my producing partner at the time. His name's Joel Paul Reisick. And um, we were actually talking about making a different film. And so he just asked me, he said, what is it like at these horror conventions? And I, I said, well, I said there, you know, it's like hanging out with a whole bunch of kids who like to dress up for Halloween. It's, you know, a lot of fun. And he said, well, is there ever been a scary moment? And I said, no, not really. Not at a horror convention ever. You know, it's yeah. just, yeah, pretty laid back and chill. He goes, okay, but has anything weird or creepy ever happened? I said, okay, well, there's a couple things that just kind of unnerved me. And and there's a few more than this, but um, these are the two examples I gave him. I told him, I said, well, you know, one time on Facebook, I got a message from someone that said, wouldn't it be cool if you died in real life like you did in Friday the 13th? I thought, well, that's really creepy. Yeah. The person. Yeah. Three weeks later, I don't know if it was the same person or not. I'm sitting at home. It's late at night. I'm working on a screenplay. Um, I have a single light on. Um, I have French doors and the drapes aren't drawn on them. And um, pretty much just woods out and around me. And I get my phone dings. I take a look and it said, I'm watching you. I'm like, okay, that's creepy. And then I get ding, ding, ding. And the person makes it clear that he's pretending to be Jason and he's pretending to be at my house to kill me. So um, right about that time, my producing partner said, that's our movie. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's And now I'm. You know, I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, that line is in the movie a couple of times about what it, it is. It yeah. is. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, you have a lot of um, Friday 13th alumni in D. Wallace, as you mentioned. Um, did you know most of them, you know, from the conventions, I assume, once you start doing them? you uh, Well, you know, I really hadn't done too many at that point. Oh, okay. um, I've done only really I don't even know if I've done 10 yet, but I've just done a handful. Um my life's pretty busy doing a lot of things, but, um, you know, once I started doing them, I was much more open to it because they are a lot of fun. Yeah. And, um, so I had met Judy and I had met, I, of course I knew Ron Sloan from part five and such, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't like I knew everybody, but there's something about being a part of the franchise, being a part of Friday the 13th, and even being a part of the slasher genre, that you're kind of, it's all in the family. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was really like gathering family together, you know, like calling up your uh, father's uh, brother that you haven't ever met who lives across the country kind of thing. But you're still, hey, I'm your niece. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, when he said to you, everyone is, you know, for, except for these couple of people are nice at the at the uh, conventions, because when we first started to go, you do think maybe it's going to be all people in black shirts like this and covered in tattoos. or so. But um, I think there's all horror really. Uh, there's all different and different audience for horror. And it seems like the horror fans are very accepting, like they accept everybody. I think so, too. It's it is a, a mixed group. I mean, you do have people who love tattoos and rock and roll. And you can have, you know, a certain genres that you pretty much know are going to also love horror. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, it's not all the way across the board, but there, there definitely is that element of it. But I do think horror fans are uh, very accepting and um, easy to get along with. Yeah. Now, did you know, obviously, Friday 13th, you probably always do had a following, but did you know that, you know, it had such a following until you got online? You know, that actually was a huge, big difference for me because, yes, I knew there was a following. But once the Internet came along and once I got online, that's when I realized how huge it was, you know, because there isn't a, a day doesn't go by where fans aren't reaching out. Mm-hmm. And of course, I have my own horror group now, yeah. uh, Deborah Voorhees Sheer Horror Group on Facebook. And, um, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, no, it's it was definitely a lot bigger than I knew. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they helped a lot, uh, I assume, to get the movie made. For 13 Fanboy, yes. Um, we, of course, we had most of our funding came from individual and um, investors, mm-hmm. but um, the Indiegogo I really felt very strongly, especially given the topic of this and that we're bringing back Friday the 13th people and D. Wallace from Halloween. Um, see, fans had been asking me for quite a while to do something with their favorite actors from the franchises. And um, to me, to not include them would have been a huge misstep. So I didn't just include them in um, doing the Indiegogo. You know, I wanted to be able to put them in the credits, of course, which is the Indiegogo. And then um, I gave people an opportunity in my group. I announced to everybody, you know, when auditions were happening uh, so they could send in their auditions via Zoom. Um, I when I needed visual art, because in this D Wallace is a painter in this mm-hmm. film. And so I needed art to represent her and be in her um, studio, art studio. So I put that up. I invited people to come and send things for um, music, you know, popular style music. I had a composer, but I needed popular style music. And we ended up using two different people for music. We used at least three, four people for art, visual arts. Um, I also invited people to send in their photographs because, you know, you have to have photos around the house on the refrigerator and that sort of thing. So um, I tried my best to really open the door and um, bring the, at them into it. Oh, they were invited to come uh, for our horror convention scene. So, yeah, that works perfect. So lots of stuff. Yeah. That was that uh, Monster Palooza? 
Well, actually, no, we didn't. Um, we created everything we shot. We created ourselves. Oh, okay. After that, though, I was planning on going to a convention and shooting at a convention, but that's when COVID hit and they were shut down. So I got a hold of James with um, at uh, Dead Meat, mm-hmm. and he uh, would, had some footage that would work for us. And so we were able to use that. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it blends right in the movie. I thought, you know, you shot at a convention. And yeah, so that totally yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Now, how did how did your um, uh, you so you, you know that Friday the 13th has a bigger following when you get online um, and now you're really interactive with your fans mm-hmm. uh, before that time. Like, what did you think of the Friday the 13th franchise? Were you like happy that you were part of the franchise or was it something you didn't like to talk about? Oh, no, of course. Absolutely. Um, It was when it actually happened and shooting and everything is, of course, much smaller than all of my interactions since then. But um, no, I'm very proud to be a part of the franchise and be a part of a film that has touched so many people over so many literally decades and multiple generations um, is is pretty exciting and um i'm not i feel incredibly blessed to be a part of it and part five when it came out it um a lot of people didn't like it because i don't want to spoil the movie if people haven't seen part five but <laughs> it's, uh, you know it's not necessarily jason but i think it's really grown in popularity over the years and uh i think it's really found its audience it absolutely has and um the one thing though to also remember well there's a couple things really um first of all Part five is actually more closely related to the first one than all of the others in the franchise, because it was about a brief parent um, losing their mind and just randomly killing people who really had nothing to do with their child's death. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's more true to the franchise, the start of the franchise. Yeah, Um, I actually never thought of it that way, but that's definitely right. The the other thing. I honestly have never seen that what other people talk about. They keep telling me that it was, um, you know, people were angry about it. And I know that there were some, and I think that sometimes they could be vocal. And I think sometimes there's also a little bit of the cool factor. Well, if he doesn't like it, I don't want to admit I like it. But invariably, I, I really think it's much smaller than people think. I think they just happen to be the loud ones. And I didn't even know that was happening until a few years ago. Um, Because I was like going, really, what? No, I never even heard it. I never even heard somebody mention it. But when I do talk to somebody now who says they didn't like it because of that, every single single one will admit they absolutely loved it. It was a fabulous slap (laughs) until that last second of the reveal. And I'm like, well, maybe... Maybe you need to rethink your thoughts on this. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew uh, in the chat says it's awesome that uh, the fans were so involved. And uh, that's always great to see. And um, uh, you kind of answered this, but you want to know how it felt to be uh, part of one of the biggest horror franchises. Right. That's a pretty elite group, you know. It is. It absolutely is. Yeah. And so... um, 
13 Fanboy, it's streaming on uh, sites now. Is there a physical release? For 13 Fanboy? Yes, absolutely. Well, first we were, last October, we opened up in theaters. And um, then and we are streaming. We're on Showtime right now. We're on Vudu, Amazon. We're on um, iTunes, Google Play, uh, several others uh, streaming platforms. We've been on Comcast, Charter, a lot of the cable channels. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of huge things going on right now. What was that like as a filmmaker to, you know, so we'll talk about the making of, but you finished the movie and then Mm -hmm. like trying to, I guess that would be a new thing you have to learn how to get the movie out there in modern day. Absolutely. Well, you have to get a distributor to help you. And oh, and I uh, for physical copies for people who want to actually own a copy so they can get it autographed. Um, they're at Walmart, Target, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and all of those too. Yeah. So very cool. So, uh, so when um, when you're actually making the movie, mm-hmm. uh, what was some of the? Was it actually now? Did you were you making it during COVID? Because you said you had the you had to film the this the um, you know the the convention stuff. Well, yes. No, when we were filming, it was all pre-COVID or pre-knowing about COVID. And so literally when we stopped was when the news started breaking. So we had most of it finished. We had to find a a real convention to pull from. Right. I understand. So, but how how did that affect um, editing the movie and uh, releasing it? Well, it actually ended up working in our favor because but free time yeah. is uh, fairly solitary. It was myself and one other person editing. So it, it worked out fine for that. Now, it made it a little bit more difficult um, for getting distribution and that sort of thing because they were shut down. Right. But um, for the editing part, it worked out. And in one way, it worked out really brilliantly. Um, I was able to get a top-notch sound design artist out of London to work on the film. Uh, and he was at a point in his career that a small indie would not have been um, on, on his radar. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but because of that, and I came highly recommended by a friend of his and or a, you know, a co-worker of his, and who happens to be our um, composer, um, I was able to get him. So that was a really terrific thing, actually, for me. Yeah. Um, how about uh, Harley? She's uh, Haley. She's kind of like the uh, the lead of the movie. Uh, right. where, where did you, uh, how, how did you uh, get her? Yeah, Haley and Dee Wallace are, of course, the two yeah. in the film. And um, I had, um, Vincent DeSante was our stuntman in the film. And he, um, I checked with him. I said, hey, look, I'm looking for a leading lady. Told him what I was looking for. And he gave me probably at least four, I think probably five names. And Haley was one of them. And I auditioned her first on Zoom because she was out in Los Angeles. Then I invited her to come out and do um, our Indiegogo video with us. And um, after I had her here, I knew she was my badass Haley or Kelsey Voorhees for the film. And um, how I knew it was 
we were supposed to shoot a scene where she was supposed to jump off a cliff and into water. Yeah. And the water's very deep, and very cold. And I had, and, and there were many reasons I saw that she was very talented as a um, actress as well. But I also needed somebody who could do physical work because that huge fight scene she had, all of that was her own stunt work. She oh, did wow. a bit of it. And um, she, um, I told her, don't worry, I will have you there before dark so you can see clearly the cliff and see clearly where you're going to be jumping in. And I had already made a thousand percent certain that this was a good spot for the jump. Um, you know, it was a common place that everybody went out to and jumped off or dove off. And it was very, very deep. Mm-hmm. And um, Well, I was wrong. Apparently, I lied. It was dark when we got there. And I told her, look, we'll take a look at it. We'll shoot a couple other things. We can come back tomorrow for you to take, you know, see it and make sure you're comfortable with this jump. And she goes, nope, let's do it. And she did. She jumped off of it three times. Oh, yeah. And um, it was it was pretty fa- fantastic. Yeah. Now, I've seen that you've uh, directed uh, some shorts and a feature before. Um, uh-huh. Have you ever directed uh, action scenes before? Uh, let's see. No, these were my first actions. Yeah, the, the Indiegogo, we had some action in that. And um, then this film. Yeah. yeah. Was that uh, different for you? Uh, was that was that difficult? Was it, how was that different than you like uh, thought? It was? I love it. Okay, I absolutely cool. love it. I love um, doing the kills, the action scenes, the fights, everything, because it's like sleight of hand. It's magic, making you think something's happening that's not. Yeah, and all of it, all the action looks really good in the movie. Thank you. You're welcome. Actually, the movie itself <laughs> looks really good. It's shot really well. It's uh, lit really well. Uh, Cinematography is good. Thank you. And uh, uh, Vincent, uh, I don't, you know, go too much in it, but if people know his background, I think his role in the movie is very interesting. Right, right. Uh, he is an incredibly talented stuntman. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that's required, the most important thing that's required of a stuntman is to keep the actor safe. And so while it may look like they're massacring, killing this person, um, you have to have an incredible amount of strength, especially for some of the things we were doing where you noticed he was picking people up, slamming them on the ground, slamming them into trees. Well, all of that had to look like a hard slam, but not hurt the actor. Right. So it takes an incredible amount of um, discipline and physical ability. Mm-hmm. And a great fight scene with C.J. Uh, Graham. Oh, yeah. I love that scene. Yeah. That was all, and and um, a lot of times when um, other uh, people for, from the from the franchises when they're a movie, it's basically a cameo. But everyone in this movie actually has a role, which I, I think oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, they don't just pop up and like, hey, that's C.J. Graham. That's cool. But yeah, he's right. in it, right? Yeah, and uh, you mentioned Ron Sloan. Uh, I, he yeah. seems like a very fun person to be around. I've actually never met him, but uh, is he as fun yeah. to be around? He, he really is. He's a lot of fun and he's very kind. And uh, as you know, he played Dee's husband in this and their chemistry was just perfect through the whole thing. And uh, the the one scene where they really got into that huge fight, 
Mm-hmm. Um, everybody on set, it was such an intense fight it, it, for everybody on set. It was like, oh, no, mom and dad are fighting. <laughs> it's funny you said they, they have a lot of chemistry. I, I'll admit I Googled. I was like, are they actually married since they both play each other? I was like, I don't think they are, but I'm, I looked it up just to make sure. I, lots and lots of people <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, that was very funny. Uh, so uh, Dee Wallace herself, we mentioned her, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, iconic actor, I would say. Um, yes. Was she on board right away when, when you, uh, was she like your first pick for this role? And was she on board right away? She actually was. Um, it was, I, I was really thrilled about it. She read the screenplay. And the first thing she said to us was, why didn't anybody think of this before? Well, you can't, yeah, that, that's, you can't ask for a better uh, compliment. Yeah. I wasn't just asking my actors to come on board and be stalked and potentially, you know, and potentially killed. Mm-hmm. I was acting, asking these people to come on board and play themselves being stalked and killed. There's a higher level of anxiety when you're asked to play yourself being stalked, as opposed to you're playing a character that's not you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, pretty intense. Yeah. And I, uh- how, was there anyone you don't have to name names, but was there anyone that you asked and they're like, well, we, I don't want to do this for various reasons. Um, actually Adrian King, we talked about to her early on about coming on board for one of the roles. And, um, she, as you may know, she actually had a stalker in real life. Oh, I did, I, when you said, I thought maybe that could be. Her yeah. 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 It was an extremely intense situation. And um, she just didn't feel like it was work for her to do that. Mm-hmm. And I completely understand. Oh, yeah. You feel Something that like way. that. Now, another interesting thing, though, is um, Judy Aronson, who's also in the film. Uh, she, um, as you know, is from uh, part three. Um, wait, did I have that right? Yeah, part three. Um, she had a stalker. And so did Lar Park Lincoln from part seven. She had a stalker. Now, Lars was Friday the 13th related. Judy's was not. Yeah. Uh, but Lars' situation was also very serious, like um, Dee's was. In fact, she was even shot at. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned a couple things, but hopefully you never had anything you know more serious. Not that right. someone's saying it's cool. It would be cool if you died like you did in your movie isn't serious. But. Right, right. It's a very weird thing to mention to 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 uh, message someone. Yeah, exactly. oh yeah. These are things like I never really thought of. <laughs> right, right. Who would? Yeah, right, right. Right, <laughs> good thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought about it though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'd worry a little more about me if I'm like, yeah, it's something I always think. About. Yeah, I think that would be cool. <laughs> oh, that was me. <laughs> I know you've probably been asked this a million times, but did you? Um, is Voorhees your last name? And was yes. that? Was, did that have anything to do with uh, getting cast in the original movie? Well, let me ask you: If I was six foot ten, do you think I would have been cast and couldn't act? Would I be cast in that film in that role? No, maybe. maybe okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, but it, it's been in my family since the at least the 1300s. Oh wow, a perfect uh, uh, year to 1300. Right. Yeah. Now you want to hear something even crazier? Yeah. Um, 
my grandfather's last name was Voorhees. My grandmother's last name was Higgins. You remember Higgins Haven in part three? Okay. No. My middle name is Sue. I've been told, although I haven't verified it, that Pamela Voorhees' middle name is Sue in the film. Oh, that's so I think I was meant to be in this film. <laughs> uh, yeah. Before you, before five comes along and when the, mm-hmm. when Friday the 13th starts to get popular, you know, before you're even connected, did, uh, did people start, you know, uh, I don't know, making jokes or just saying things about your last name? Um, you know, I think more than anything, people are surprised. Right. So- People re- recognize right off Deborah Voorhees as Tina from Friday the 13th. Some recognize it as Voorhees as Jason, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is, um, uh, I don't think it's not a common last name. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Walter Rivero says uh, Friday 5, he loved it. And he also loved 13 Fanboy. Thank you. Yeah. That's very nice of him. So ha- did you get a chance to watch it with an audience? I did. I have a few times. And um, I have to say, I was very pleased. The response was really good. They, You could tell that they, their emotions were all in the right places. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and that's what you want. You yeah. want emotions in the right places. Yeah. And um, so, uh, I think a lot of times when, if, People do have a lot of people from like the other franchise movies. It can be, it's usually more of a comedy, but this is a, this is a pretty dark film. Right. Absolutely. It's definitely a thriller, a whodunit and a horror slasher. Yeah. So um, did that, did like, did you uh, do festivals? And I assume the COVID probably affected that if you're going. Um, we actually didn't, but we really weren't looking for that. We were looking yeah. for, you know, what you would do a release like you would for a yeah. If you already have the built-in audience, you don't really need right. to do the festival route. Right. But yeah, I would think it would play well, you know, at a convention with. Uh, Absolutely. With and, you know, we are definitely open for doing that. Um, I, you know, going forward from now on out to, to do that. Some um, I'm going to be in um, Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota. Oh, cool. I'll be showing it there. Um, I will be at, um, in San Antonio, um, that'll be in mid October for, um, at the Alamo draft house and we'll be showing, uh, we'll be showing a trailer there and then Friday the 13th part five, uh, but we'll show the trailer for 13 fanboy and I'll have posters and stuff there and that people can get signed if they'd like 13. Boy, as well as 13, you know, Friday the 13th. And for people who don't know, if you're not, or if you've never been to a, um, a draft house, it's a great place to watch movies. I've been to uh, South Texas Underground Film Festival in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they, you can eat while you're watching the movies and get drinks. And yeah, it's a, right. it's a really good experience. And it's fun I, to uh, watch a movie with everybody. Right. I love their theaters. They're really nice. And, uh, Actually, uh, Pepe Potit had mentioned in the chat uh, that you're coming to San Antonio, so he was excited about that. Oh, nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah. And it's also cool, like you said, if people want to get the copy or a poster, uh, that's mm-hmm. something new people can get uh, autographed or pictures right. with at, at the conventions. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned a couple of the bad uh, fan experiences. What, what are some of your most memorable fan experiences from the conventions in a good way? In a good way? Yeah. 
There's been a lot of them. Um, I've had some interesting things brought in to be signed. I've had, um, you know, a guy come in with an absolutely gorgeous electric guitar that was with Friday the 13th. He was happy. One of the more unusual one, it was a full size canoe that he was working on getting every single person from the franchise to sign. And I mean, full. Yeah. I was thinking that's awesome, but I was also, that's very, uh, it's probably awkward to to, uh, get through the, uh, the doors and whatnot. It can't, couldn't be easy. That's (laughs) sure. Um, Probably the most touching moment was, um, and this was very, very, very surprising because um, a, a little boy, he couldn't have been more than 10, was brought in um, to a convention that I was at. And he had two people he wanted to meet and get autographs and stuff from. Um, that was Robert England and myself. And um, when I say he was brought in, he was on oxygen. Is um, came in from the hospital, and um, it seemed to be a pretty dire kind of situation. I'm not sure if he was going to make it or not. Mm. And um, that one, boy, I, I don't even know how to describe what that yeah, yeah. like. Mm-hmm. At, how would you know this 10 year old boy that I would even matter to him? Uh, was so touching and and so mind blowing all at the same time. Yeah, yeah that's got to be something memorable. I know the first time I met uh Kane Hodder, it was after, right after his book came out, and it mm-hmm. was there was all a lot of uh burn victims there because he was so open about his burns and you know he became like a hero to them, right? It was, right, you know, it was nice to see. Oh, by the way, Kane Hodder is also in the movie. Uh, it was nice to see him, you know, have a more uh, dramatic role. He had a fantastic um, role in that. Um, that story that he told about his father, that was a true story. Oh, wow. Yeah. With each character, because I was asking them to play themselves, I tried to bring in things that were true to them. Mm-hmm. So that the essence of who they are on the screen fits. You saw how soft-spoken that CJ is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's who he is. He's a very kind, gentle giant. And he told me on set that the reason he speaks so quietly is that he knows his size can be intimidating. And he wants people to feel at ease. Interesting. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, that's very sweet of him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, did you know everyone was going to be involved in before you uh, before you have the script finished, or do you um, kind of change it for who who gets involved? Um, no, we actually we worked on getting the people into uh, the film and then writing that portion to fit them. So, like, for instance, Tracy Savage, um, she really was a broadcast journalist. Mm-hmm. She did cover O.J. Simpson, and she really taught broadcast journalism in college. Okay. Those elements are in there. Yeah. 
Uh, Walter wants to know, is curious as to why Corey Feldman uh, played a producer and not, not, not himself as Tommy. We originally asked him to come on and play himself, play mm-hmm. with Corey Feldman, but he preferred not to. Well, we had this, you know, whacked out um, producer in it that we were like going, actually, this could work better. Because he would do an absolute bang up job. And I have to say, I laughed my butt off at what he did with the role because he, it was like he was channeling and embodying the worst possible scenario of a Hollywood producer. Mm-hmm. And everybody's met that guy in Hollywood. <laughs> Everyone's met him. And so it was just like, oh my gosh. And plus he took, basically took our script. He looked at it and got the general feel of it. And then he went and ad-libbed. You know, it could have been a nightmare, but he was so damn good. And so funny. It actually, I thought it made that role. I thought it was perfect. Yeah. Um, Would you ever want to do a sequel? It's possible. It's possible. Um, I, I think there's some ideas that could work for one. Yeah. Yeah. And if not a sequel, would uh, directing be something you'd like to continue? Oh, of course. That's my life. <laughs> I am working on a horror thriller right now. Oh, very cool. It's games we play written by Tammy McCoy. And, um, it is a, an amazing script and we're making some great progress. I have a ghost story I'm looking at. I have a story on reincarnation, and both of those are horror thrillers as well. So, yeah, absolutely. That's very exciting. Were you a horror uh, horror movie fan before you got involved in Friday the 13th? Well, you know, my early, I'm going to age myself because I grew up with Universal Monsters. And so I did too, but, you know, they were a long my time before. first you know, introduction to them and uh, dark shadows, that sort of thing. I really liked, and I still like, I like, um, I love ghost stories mm-hmm. and I love, um, oh, you know, anything, things like hush or creature features, creature features are some of my favorites. Um, anything like that. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. And uh, what is it about the slasher subgenre for that seems like it's making, making comeback. And what do you think it is about that that people love? You know, I think overall with horror, it's really a safe place to experience fear, to experience the concept of death. Um, but you walk out and you're fine, but you get that adrenaline rush. and um, I don't know. I I think it's kind of a a really neat and magical way to explore those ideas in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, like all different um, age range watch, you know, likes uh, Friday 13th movies. And I think that's, you know, horror in general is there's there'd be uh, quote unquote, bigger movies that might've came out that year. If I watched like old Siskel and Ebert's and movies that were up for awards, but a lot of those, like people just forget over time. Um, But a lot of a lot of horror movies, you know, stay with people, you know, and and have new audiences as the years go on. Absolutely. And there's also something about watching them with other people. I think that in comedy, it's fun to watch with people. 
right. as opposed to sitting around and crying together. You know, <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> just not necessary. <laughs> That's much fun. Yeah. That's, uh, Walter says his friend uh, Castlin was in a scene with Corey as a makeup oh, girl. Yes. Oh, in, yes. in, uh, oh, in the movie. Cool. Oh, nice. did a terrific job. I like her. Yeah. Um, so uh, 13 fanboy, uh, where can people go to? It's on everywhere. You can just put it in there and Google it. I right. Think. Well, if you have Showtime, it's there. Get your um, copies at Walmart, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target. You can um, watch it. Showtime, Voodoo, Amazon. Um, Xbox, Google Play, iTunes. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, we're all over. Yeah. That's good. And you have a very interactive community on Facebook. I like that about you. You know, you're yes. very supportive of other people and they can come and share, you know, what they have going on. Absolutely. hundred percent. If it's horror, it's, it's welcome. Yeah. I think that's very good of you. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I share stuff in there. You know, and I also, also comment, you know, you don't want to just go in there and spam your stuff. <laughs> right. You know, I just, the only thing I ask people to be nice to each other. Yeah. So that's really the only way that you'll, you know, be asked to leave the group is if you, you know, if you're being ugly to people and calling them stupid and stuff, it's like, no, y'all can discuss ideas all you want. But don't. <laughs> yeah. Know, nobody means that. Yeah. 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 There's enough of that on the internet. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I tell them, you know, there's lots of poor groups. They probably don't mind it, but not this way. Right. We do. <laughs> and uh, Andrew says he watched it on Paramount plus. Oh, oh nice. Okay. All right. Well, this has been very fun to talk with you, Deborah. And we'll yeah. Thank you so much. We'll trying to do it again sometime. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Everyone check out 13 Fanboy. Definitely. Definitely do. Very good. And join your group. Yeah. Thanks. All Take right. Care, thank guys. you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, right. everyone. Neil, I will talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.